life that that the only source for joy and, and peace and hope is the person of Jesus Christ. And he is revealed through God's word. So let me just give you a few ideas on why it's so important. Another guy that wrote a book um, a long time ago named Donald Whitney, kind of one of the classic books on spiritual disciplines, if you go back in time. And he talks about the purpose of uh, and the habit of your personal life, your private life of getting to know Christ, of how important it is that you are investing a regular part of your life, a regular part of your time to know who Christ is, to know and enjoy who Jesus Christ is. And the results of that is that it creates a, a godly life, a godly life. Um, Paul writes in Philippians chapter 3 that, that his goal, his purpose in life is to know the surpassing value of knowing Jesus Christ, to know the power of God in your life. And that comes through habits, through disciplines, through routines that are very helpful. Um, in 1 Timothy chapter 4, Paul is writing, Paul, remember when he's writing this letter to, to young Timothy, he's an old guy, and he's writing this letter, and he uses language that we are all very familiar with. He uses language that's related to, to training, to working hard, to disciplining ourselves, to toiling, to putting forth effort to knowing who Christ is. That it takes, it takes discipline. That word um, actually appears uh, in the Greek, and it has, it's, we get the root, or the root, uh, the English word is we get gymnastics or gymnasium. That's the idea of working hard, of toiling, um, and the idea of discipline, of, of having things in your life that we don't always see the immediate value, but we do them anyways because we know they're good for us. We know that there's a future good. So I, I just, I, here's, here's what I do know. I know that many of you are so disciplined and have healthy habits and routines, but how are we doing in your spiritual life? How are you doing in your routine of knowing Christ? Another purpose is that we experience God's grace. Um, we need to put ourselves in a place to experience God's goodness. And when I say grace, I mean that, that God actually wants to do things in your life that you are incapable of doing yourself. That God wants to do really good, positive, healthy things in your life that will never happen unless you are developing habits in your life where you are investing in knowing who Jesus Christ is. Um, uh, here's a kind of a funny story in the Bible. You've probably heard of it before, but there's a guy named Zacchaeus. And um, if you went to Sunday school when you were a little kid, you heard songs about him, that he was a wee little man. And um, uh, he went and climbed a sycamore tree. Now, here's the nice thing about our property here is that there are lots of sycamore trees around. There's one right back there, and there's several others. But the Bible says, literally, is that, that Zacchaeus... Um, saw Jesus, but he's this little short guy, right, walking down the street, and he can't see him. He really wants Jesus. He, he wants to see him really bad. He wants, he wants the goodness that Jesus Christ brings. He wants the healing power. He wants the life-changing power of Jesus to be a part of his life, and he can't get it. And so he sprints ahead, right? He runs and uh, climbs a sycamore tree, and, and um, if you look at the sycamore tree back there, that's going to be a really hard tree to climb. So all, all we know is he must have put forth some effort, right? So he climbs a tree, and Jesus says to him, hey, come on down. I'm going to come to your house and hang out with you. Uh, here's the point. You have to develop habits. You have to develop um, disciplines in your life. You have to 
plan ahead. You have to be determined and set aside the prior, make the priority to know Jesus. Um, and I mentioned this author before, but Donald Whitney talks about this in his book, where he says that if you want to experience Jesus Christ, if you want to experience his grace, his power, you have to put yourself in a place where you can. And that place where you get to do that where you, is developing habits in your life where you are pursuing Jesus Christ. Um, one of the things that I, some of you, if you know me well, that know that I enjoy doing is I enjoy uh, being outdoors, especially with the boys. And one of my favorite places is uh, the Kern River. And we went there just for a really quick trip. And um, this is a few weeks ago. And um, we, I think we've got a picture of it here. It's Picture Sunday. Um, so what happened was we started fishing. We park. If you've been to the Kern, you know there's all these places where you can park right along the river and you can fish. And so we did that. We jump out of the truck and we start fishing. And we're like, nothing, nothing, nothing. And Finn, the adventurous one of the group, says, Dad, look at that rock out in the middle of the river. It's like, I want to go to that rock and go fish. And I'm like, okay, you got to be careful. Like the river's flowing. It wasn't out of control, but it's still flowing a little bit. And so you had to scurry over all these rocks and stuff. He's like, he's like, I want to put myself in the best possible place to catch a fish, right? So he's thinking this way. So we were fishing off the shore, nothing, nothing. We couldn't get to kind of the deeper part of the pool in the good water. And he says, I'm going to put myself in the best place possible to catch a fish. Now, unfortunately, or fortunately, the, the story ends well because he, he caught a really nice fish. I think we have a picture of it. <laughs> I had to show you the fish. Now, I will tell you that as a family, we are 90% of the time catch and release. I just like that idea, but every once in a while, we'll catch a fish, and if we're going to keep it, we're going to put it on the barbecue. And so um, we did with this one. But it, thank you, that's the, the fun story. But here's my point. You will never, you won't experience God's blessing. You won't experience his goodness in your life. You're missing out on all of these blessings his peace, his joy, his goodness, because we're not spending time in his word. We're not spending time with him. And we, we get so busy and we get so preoccupied um, with the things of the world. And, and, and they're not bad things often. Often they're good things. But what I, what I want to communicate this morning is that uh, my hope as a church family and even in my own personal life is that we're just developing habits that are healthy and positive we're really good at physical, at, with physical activity. We're really, really healthy people. It's one of the things you do learn traveling to different parts of the country. You come back and you're like, man, everyone here is fit and healthy. Other parts of the country, not as much, you see sometimes. So we're good at that here. That's not, that's not an area of weakness. But what we often do is we overlook the inside. And, and people live with pain. People live with frustration. People live with discouragement. And I'm, what I'm proposing to you is that if you develop habits of, of, of investing time in, in pursuing Jesus Christ in your own private personal life, it will bring change into your life. It will bring power. And so here's what we're going to do. We'll just spend uh, the rest of the time this morning um, looking at habit number one, and then next Sunday, habit number two, next Sunday, habit number three. So habit number one this morning is that we develop the habit of regularly hearing God speak to you or to us through his word. That you regularly develop the habit 
of hearing God speak to you through his word. It's, uh, it's interesting. I, l- I did a little bit of just very light research on habits and how long it takes. And there's all kinds of opinions. Some people say 18 days. Some people say 90 days. All these different things. I have no idea. Different for everyone. But the idea is this. Um, that discipline is, is required. It's, it's really interesting. I was, I was reading the Bible a little bit this week and earlier. And we, we today refer to followers of Christ as Christians. That's, what, that's the common name for people who follow Christ. What's interesting, though, in the Bible, in the New Testament, it's used three times. It's a very rare term. The common term is disciple. And there's a connection, obviously, between disciple and discipline in that word. Um, I came across a quote. This is, from a, this is from a long time ago. This is from when I was a kid. Tom Landry, former NFL football coach, and he said this. This is, this is a different time period. I don't know if you could say this today. The job of a football coach is to make men do what they don't want to do in order to achieve what they've always wanted to be. The job of a football coach is to make men do what they don't want to do in order to achieve what they've always wanted to be. And there's truth in that for all of us. And uh, what I'm saying is, to, to some degree, you have to be your own football coach. You have to have something within you, and we do it, we'll do it together also, but I'm talking about you individually as a person. We talk a lot about community, and we like that, and we're a very chitty-chatty church, and we all like that. It's great, but this morning, the focus is on you. And how are you doing in developing habits in your own personal life of pursuing Jesus Christ? And it starts, everything starts with the Word of God. It, it, it is God's self-revelation. It is how God reveals himself to us. And here's what happens, is we slide out of habits that are really good for us. And that, that's, that's what prompted me even thinking about this. I got home from Tennessee. I wasn't exercising like I had before when I got home. And, and even my own personal, private, spiritual life, having a hard time getting back in routines. And so we naturally, here's what we need to know about ourselves. We naturally, we default move out of good routines. That's what, that's what will happen to all of us without some sense of discipline or habits. So, habit number one, develop the habit of regularly hearing God speak to you through his word. Um, uh, the, the author, uh, this, let me just, I'm going to buy some of these because it's just so good, but um, Habits of Grace, this guy David Mathis says this in reference to this, is we develop habits through God's word, that your life is shaped, your life is shaped by the word of life. Because the Bible, the Bible is all about God's self-revelation. The Bible teaches us about God, and it comes to the ultimate in the person of Jesus Christ. That that is who is the ultimate clear representation of who God is. That the God-man becomes incarnate. That man, that God becomes man and lives and walks on the earth and that we are to know Christ. So here's what I'm not going to talk about this morning. I'm not going to talk too much this morning about the principles, excuse me, the practices. So there's all different kinds of ways that we can hear during your own personal private life throughout the week. So one way is right now that I'm standing up here, I've got my Bible open, and I want to share from you the Bible that God speaks to us through his word, but I'm talking about the times throughout the week. 
There's endless kinds. In fact, I was, uh, we were in Tennessee, and uh, we went by the Johnny Cash Museum. And um, you know, if you're so inclined, Johnny Cash will read the Bible to you. Um, there are all different kinds. So if you don't like to read yourself, well, there are endless types of people who will read the Bible for you. Um, if reading the Bible is confusing or hard to you, then just start with the Gospel or start with something simple. I'm not going to give you lots of ideas this morning on different ways you can do it. There are lots of different things. But what I want to talk to you about is the principle is this, that the fundamental way that God shows His grace to you is through His Spirit as He's expressed in His Word. That we are a church family that understand that it's through the power of God's Spirit and through the self-revelation of God through His Word that He gives us His grace. And that's ultimately found in Jesus Christ. So how we do that, there's all different kinds of ways. The principle is that we are doing it, that we are developing habits. And this theme runs all throughout the, the Bible. Let me give you one example from the Old Testament. This is one of my favorite passages related to this topic, Old Testament. This is Ezra. Kind of a cool, funky old name, Old Testament guy. Ezra chapter 7, verse 10 says this, that he devoted himself to the study and observance of the law of the Lord and teaching its decrees and laws to Israel. But that's, 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 that was a core critical part of who he was as a man that he was going to devote himself to knowing who God is through the study of the Word. In the New Testament, there's another great passage. This is 2 Timothy. Paul's really old, and he's writing to his young friend Timothy, and he asks for a couple things. It's really kind of funny. It's just, he says this, 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 13. When you come to me, please bring a cloak, bring a jacket. He's cold. He's sitting in jail, and he's cold. Please bring me a jacket. And then next he asks for books, and parchments, right? So he's, he's sitting in jail, and he wants two things. He wants to be warm, and he wants books, and he wants God's Word. He wants to know Christ. Even at the end of his life, even while he's sitting in jail, he wants to know Christ. And so let's, let's do this for the remaining time. We're just going to spend a few minutes, and I want to just try to give us um, a, a, a case study or something like if we were to open our Bible and read it, if you were, how, how do we read it and try to ask questions and try to learn from it? So if you have your Bible, for a few minutes, we'll look at Luke chapter 5. And we'll look how Jesus spoke to people and how the spoken word of God was valuable and, and important to people. So we won't spend a lot of time on this, but I just ask you to follow along. I won't read it all again because Joel read it. So Here's what we need to think about is this. Number one, as far as the principle of investing your life, making a priority of your life, of your day, sometime in your day, is this. Number one, you need to discipline your desires because you won't always want to follow Christ. Discipline your desires because you won't always feel like it. Now that is, that's just so basic and so essential to understand that that there's so much of life that we just do what we feel like doing. But we know, listen, if you, if you own your own business, and a lot of you do, you, you have taught me and you know quite clearly and well that you just don't get to do what you feel like doing. Otherwise, you'll be out of business. And so there is discipline. There is structure that we know this. 
What I'm asking us to do is think about how we transfer this over to our spiritual life. Here's how this starts. So people gathered together, verse 1, we'll read just a little bit. On one occasion, while the crowd was pressing in on Jesus to hear the word of God. So this is the first time in Luke where we hear this phrase, to hear the word of God. And it's used again, eight, chapter 8, verse 21, my mother and my brothers are those who hear the word of God and do it. So Jesus is going to go back to these words hear the word of God. In chapter 11, he says this, blessed rather are those who hear the word of God and who keep it. So Jesus begins here in chapter 5, that people are gathering together because they want to know about Jesus Christ, who he is. And here's what's interesting, and so I'll just read a little bit more. Verse 2, and, and he saw two boats by the lake, but the fishermen had gone out of them, and they were washing their nets. Getting into one of the boats, which was Simon's, Jesus asked him to put out a little from the land. And he sat down and taught the people from the boat. So Jesus is teaching them the word of God. And people want to hear because there's something in their life that they're looking for. That Jesus is satisfying something. They're, they're, they're hearing something from the Son of God that is filling and satisfying their souls. He goes on and says, uh, getting into one of the boats, which, which was Simon's, he asked him to put out a little further from the land, and he sat down and taught the people from the boat. And when he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, Put out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. And Simon answered, Master, we toiled all night and took nothing. Now we have to remember this, that Peter is a professional fisherman. That's his job, and Jesus is the carpenter. So you've got a carpenter telling a professional fisherman how to fish. And it's going to make you scratch your head a little bit. And the same thing is true for us. Listen, we're busy people. Everyone has things, demands, emails, phone calls, things. Think about all of the time, all the things that take precedence in our lives over reading God's Word. Think how much time people spend on social media. Think about how many just times we do with our lives. <clears throat> and we're ignorant people of God's Word. We, we, we say with our lips, we love you, Lord. And our understanding, our knowledge of Scripture is so limited. In fact, here's the thing, what happens, and, and these are the, kind of the, the words we don't talk too often about in church, but people who have been walking with Jesus Christ for many years become very lazy. They become apathetic. Because they read the Bible and they, they view it as information only. And there's nothing new. Like, I, oh, I know this story. I know this story. But, but you're missing the point. We're not reading the Bible to gain knowledge alone. We're reading the Bible to see who Jesus Christ is and how he has the power to change our lives. So, our desires are not always to listen to follow who Christ, just like Peter. Peter's like, I, I don't want to, listen, I'm the fisherman, Jesus. I'll do fishing. You do the, your wood thing. You do your teaching thing. I know the fishing thing. And so think about in our lives, Jesus, I know my things. I've got my life. I've got my work. I've got all these things going on. You get Sunday mornings. That's it. Now, but Jesus is challenging this thinking. This is what he's doing. And he's talking about, will you, the idea is this, will you listen? Um, verse 5 says, And Simon answered, Master, we toiled all night. But then look, look what he says. He says, But at your word, I will let down the nets. And that's the key this morning is that what we're saying is we want to develop 
the grace-filled habit of knowing God's word. Because, listen, as the story goes, we learn something about Jesus Christ. He does this supernatural miracle. He gives grace. And what I'm saying is that we're missing out on God's grace in our lives when we don't develop habits of reading and studying and thinking about God's word. And it's really interesting. You know, our, sometimes when I read this the first time and I, the mindset of, of Jesus doing this miracle is, I'm going to start reading my Bible every day. Look at this miracle, right? Look at look what God does. Look what Jesus does to Peter. Um, it says the next verse, it says, And when they had done this, they enclosed a large number of fish, and their nets were breaking. They signaled to their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled the boats, so they began to sink. Right? So that we have to know this. Even today, fishing boats are designed. They have a special place to design to hold fish that are caught. And if you fill that up, that's a good day. Fishing boats have those places. If the fishing boat spot for the fish is filled up and the whole boat's filling up with fish, that's a good day. And if you bring your buddy's boat over and that boat's filling up too, that's a really good day. And if it's so full that it's beginning to sink, you're like in your mind going cha-ching, cha-ching, right? Like um, Wild Tuna, some like TV show on Discovery that my boys will watch sometime. They're like, oh, this is a $5,000 tuna. Like, and they're like, checking the color of the meat and all this stuff. So their minds are automatically going to what? Money. That's how they make their living. There's nothing wrong with that. Same with Peter. Overflowing. Jesus Christ does this miracle, gives them this grace. It's a miracle of amazingness. But here's what's, and I'm going to cheat and we'll get to the end of the story, but here's what's so interesting about Peter. What do they do with the bounty? They walk away from it. They leave it. They leave it behind to follow Jesus. So, number one, we learn this. We need to discipline our desires because you won't always feel like following Christ. But Peter changes. He says, at your word, I will do it. So grace, the primary way that God's grace will appear in your life is found through studying his word, is found through knowing Jesus Christ. And here's verse 11, we'll finish up with this. And, and the impact on uh, his life. So verse 9 says this, For he and all who were with him were astonished at the catch of the fish that had been taken. And that's, that is what Jesus Christ wants to do in your life. He wants to astonish you. And I cannot, the church cannot, this property cannot, the only person who can astonish you is Jesus Christ. And that's what he wants to do. He wants to reveal himself to you. He wants to give his grace to you. And that happens as we understand him through his word. We'll finish up with this. How does, this, how does, how does spending time in God's word change you? Look at this interaction between Peter and Jesus. And this is how the story ends. It says, um, verse 9, I'll re read that one more time. For he and all who were with him were astonished at the catch of the fish that they had taken, and also were James and John, sons of Zebedee, and who were partners with Simon. And Jesus said to him, Simon, do not be afraid. From now on, you will be catching men. Oh, I skipped, I'm sorry, I skipped the verse that I wanted to talk about. It's back up in verse 8. Let me just go back, just because I wanted to make this point. It's important. Verse 8 says, But when Simon Peter saw it, the catch, he fell down to his knees, fell down at Jesus' knees, saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man.
And so something, something happens in, G, in Peter's life. And so when I say um, that we're to be developing the habit of, of pursuing Jesus Christ through his word, if it's for knowledge and information only, it will, be, it will be boring and your mind will wander and you'll do it for a day. But if you do it with a prayerful, a prayerful heart and say that I want to see who Jesus is, I want to learn about who Jesus is, one of the things it will do, number one, is this. It will create a negative view of self. You'll, you'll come to light. You'll see the reality of who you are, just like Peter does. And he says this, Woe for me, for I am a sinful man. That's the first part. The second part, though, is total affirmation. So when you come into the presence of Jesus, our response will be similar to Peter. You'll see yourself for who you really are, a flawed person. How does Jesus respond, though, to us who see ourselves in true light? He says to us, do not be afraid. That is language of forgiveness, that you are fully accepted, that you are fully loved, that you are fully embraced by Jesus Christ. And then he says this, from now on, you will be catching men. So here's what happens. You get a life transformation. You get a whole new set of priorities. And this is what happens to Peter. Peter begins, in the story, Peter begins with pursuing his own things. At the end of the story, he's pursuing Christ. And it's, here's what it doesn't mean. It doesn't mean that, that everyone who reads this says that we quit our jobs and we all become full-time Christian people. That's not what it's saying at all. Obviously, that's not what it's saying. But what it's saying is that there's a new priority that Jesus Christ not only affects your personal life, but he affects how you do your work. So when you're reading your Bible at 6.30 in the morning on Monday before work, and we understand who Jesus is, it affects how you do work that day. Because it sets a new priority. The ultimate priority is not how much money you make. The ultimate priority is first following and loving and honoring Jesus Christ. I'll, I'll, let me finish with this. <clears throat> the reason why I'm talking about this is that because it's really difficult for the good news of the gospel to get into our lives, for grace to get into our lives, because we are so wired to perform. All right? Some of you, I'll be, I used to think this way, and some of you probably think this way. I came to church this morning. God, give me a good week. Right? So because I came, because I made this little sacrifice, I came. Now, God, you owe me something good this week. Right? I, I can distinctly remember that as a kid, as a teenager, like grumpy with my mom. Take out the trash. Oh, I don't want to. And then be like, God, you owe me for being obedient to my mom. That's how we're wired, all of us. And let me, let me, let me show you this. If you have your Bible, turn to John. Is a really interesting story. This is about two years later. All right, so this is about two years later. Peter has been hanging out with Jesus for about two years. And the, the habit of coming to church on a Sunday morning is so valuable because hopefully my job is to communicate to you the gospel of grace, the good news of what Jesus Christ has done that God wants to do things for you that you cannot do for yourself, that he wants to give you peace in your life. He wants to give you joy in your life. He wants to give you hope. And look what happens. This is uh, John chapter 21, 
Jesus has already been crucified. It's, it's the same story. It's really Jesus is crucified. He's, he, he's rose from the dead. And we have the same, almost the exact same story. John chapter 21, verse 4 says this. Just as day was breaking, Jesus stood on the shore, yet the disciples did not know that it was Jesus. Jesus said to them, Children, do you have any fish? And they answered him, No. He said to them, Cast your net on the right side of the boat, and you will find some. All right, so this time there's no arguing, so they did it. And now they were not able to haul it in because of the quantity of fish. And here's where it gets interesting, verse 7. That disciple whom Jesus loved, therefore, said to Peter, It is the Lord. When Simon Peter heard that it was, it was the Lord, he put on his outer garment, for he was stripped of a work, and he threw himself into the sea to run to Jesus. It took years for him to understand grace, to understand that you're loved and accepted because of what Jesus Christ has done. Two years earlier, he's stepping back because he knows that he's not listening, he's not being obedient enough, he's not following the rules enough. Two years later, after hanging out with Jesus in the resurrected Jesus Christ, he leaps out of the boat, swims to shore to embrace Jesus Christ. And the only way we know these truths about Jesus Christ are through his word. And so my hope um, in my own personal life and for us as a church family, that we would, above all, pursue Christ through knowing his word. The alternative is chaos is that people just start making up things about God, about Christ, and church just spirals out of control if we don't commit ourselves individually, personally, privately for our own families and as a church family to love His Word, to see that it is the message of hope, that it's the message of grace, that the message of the Bible is about Jesus Christ, the man who loves you all. Let's pray. Father, I pray this morning Uh, that as we conclude in worship, that our hearts would be drawn to you, that we would develop um, the habit of spending time with you each day, whether it's morning or night or in between. Father, I pray that we would develop habits of discipline, that we would adjust our desires to see the benefit of pursuing you. Father, we are thankful for your word. It's how we know you. It's how we love you. It's how how we understand how you want us to live. We ask these things in the name of your son, Jesus Christ. Amen.